July and through August, looking at uh, some of the membership commitments that we uh, hold dear and true here at the Gateway Church. You say, well, man, that, that doesn't sound like uh, a whole lot of fun. Uh, but I, my heart is, is that each week as we look at these, there's seven of them, uh, membership commitments, that they'll be challenging to you, that they'll be, uh, as we take a unique look a little deeper, that they'll inspire you in, uh, in your walk with the Lord. And uh, these are not only commitments to the, to the church, but they're really commitments to the Lord that are really important pieces in our discipleship with the Lord. And so we'll be looking at those, and, and I, we're sharing these so we can understand collectively uh, what God uh, would, would have for us here at the Gateway Church. And so there's unity, and, uh, and again, it will strengthen our walk with the Lord as we try uh, our best to connect with God connect with each other, and connect with the world. And so often we can say, well, man, we, we, we're trying to do these things, and it can be a little phrase, and, and it's like, well, what does that mean? And this morning we're going to dive into the first one that's perhaps the most challenging, in my opinion, uh, about connecting with the Lord, um, how important that is. And, uh, and as we do that, that we are going to grow strong families, families that are committed to the Lord, that are growing in their walk with God, but then growing with each other connecting with each other, and uh, men and women and teens and young adults and, and our kids, of course. And, and so we're, we're just, uh, I, I pray that these next few weeks will just challenge your hearts and uh, that, that God would get the glory uh, as, we, as we go through these membership commitments. Well, the first one is, uh, like I said, probably the hardest. The reason it's the first is because it's foundational for who we are in our faith, in our families, uh, individually, corporately, and the first membership commitment is giving up our rights. Giving up our rights. Thanks, Jason. Yeah. And, uh, and what we're talking about is not giving up our rights uh, in the sense of you know, giving up our American rights or anything like that, but what, what it, we're talking about is making a true commitment to the Lord and how important that is. And it starts with the hardest when we talk about these membership commitments. In our natural, uh, uh, in our in the in the natural, we resist this principle. I know that I do. We we may understand it in principle to give up our rights. We read it, and we'll look at some scripture here in a moment. And it may be easy to understand, but harder to practice. We can even look at others and say, "Well, well, boy, that family they do a good job with this one. They give up their rights, you know, as, as far as giving it up to the Lord." Or, or maybe we can say, boy, they really struggle in that area. And we can see it in others, but oftentimes we don't see it in ourselves. And so we're going to try to take a, a good look personally and, and, uh, and then corporately saying, man, what does this mean for us as a church? I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 and 25. Um, for those of you that I have your email... Um, I've tried to uh, email you uh, this week and ask him, what does this mean to you? And in just a few moments, we'll, we'll hear some of the things that, that were, uh, were commented there. But Matthew 16, 24 and 25 is really foundational for this idea of giving up our rights as believers. What it is, this is, is a portion of scripture where Jesus is predicting his death. He's telling his disciples, look, I am going to suffer. I'm going to uh, be turned over to the hands of uh, the priests and the teachers of the law. And I'm going to be killed, he says. And on the third day, I'll raise to life. And at this point, his disciples are saying, wait a second. We thought you were going to come and restore your kingdom. We were here ready to fight, ready to, ready to serve with you. And his disciples are confused. In fact, Peter, in verse 22, says... He, that he, he pulled Jesus aside and actually rebuked Jesus, saying, Never, Lord, this shall never happen to you. And Jesus turned and said, Get behind me, Satan. He says, You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. And as we talk about this giving up our rights, we, we often, as men, in our sinful nature, it's, it's all in our own heads that we would want to preserve the things that we feel that we deserve, the, our, the, our rights. But when we consider what God's heart is for us, look what God says in verse 24. Jesus said to his disciples after this, he says, if anyone would come after me, 
If anyone would be my disciple, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. We're going to explore that. And what does that mean for us today? And how are we doing with this? We may understand it cognitively. We can read that scripture. Yeah, we've read that before. But I'm praying that this morning that it will just pierce your heart and challenge you and inspire you to to be the best that God wants you to be. Let's pray. Lord, we honor your word today. We ask that in this moment, Lord, that you would reveal yourself to us. That you would help us to understand your word for us. And God, that you would be glorified. We ask this, um, that you would do this, not so we could look good, but Lord, that you would shine through us, that your heart would be evident on our hearts. And Lord, we'll just give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The first time I experienced this principle was back before I met Jessica. Uh, it was before, it was actually during, right during that time, time frame when I met Jessica. So that was probably like 16 years ago um, that I really started to understand this principle. Um, a friend, some friends of mine, uh, we were at a restaurant after a Sunday night church. My parents are here, by the way, and uh, welcome. This is Dan and Judy Vay, and uh, they're, uh, they're visiting uh, with us. And you guys will remember this. We were, uh, we were out, and it was after Sunday night, and our youth pastor, uh, like kind of the spare of the moment, said, hey, there's this missions trip to Mexico City. Is there any, is there any interest? Could we get a group from our church to go on this mission, missions trip? And our friends, as we talked about it, we, we kind of threw around the idea um, I'm thinking, man, that sounds fun, Mexico City, and uh, absolutely, let's go. And, uh, and I want to explain to you that it wasn't my heart for the Mexican people, it wasn't my heart for missions in general, or even following God's will. It was highly selfish of me to want to go on this trip. But you know, God can use us even when, when we're weak, right? And as I would look at myself at that point, I was a pretty confident young man, pretty, I loved, uh, I kind of uh, loved sports, and I was, uh, had a lot of fun with that. Um, I was really concerned with my image at that point. Mom and Dad, you could, you could uh, uh, attest to this. Um, I was buying all my own clothes pretty much at that point, and uh, I would work hard, and, and, uh, and I wanted the name brands, and I wanted to look good, and make sure my shoes looked good, and all those things. And I was kind of self-absorbed young teenager, a lot like a lot of young teenagers are. And we, I show up for this orientation for Mexico City. And right there is this guy who ended up marrying me and my wife. His name was Phil DeMusto. And he was leading this trip of students, about 90 of us. And he was this geeky uh, guy that I thought was on a power trip. And he is coming to this verse here in Matthew chapter 16. And he's saying, look, we're going to deny ourselves. We're going to take up our cross. We're going to do this. This trip is not about you. And I'm thinking, what are you talking about? (laughs) This is all about me and my friends going to Mexico City. And yeah, we're going to learn a couple songs and all this. But I quickly learned that I needed to be humbled and my pride needed to be shrunk and my competitive nature was saying, no way, you're not giving anything up. <laughs> but I ended up, we ended up, a couple of our friends, uh, in trouble on the trip. <laughs> and Phil DeMusto, in hindsight, he had my best interest in mind and for my friends. And once I was forced, literally, to surrender... It was then that God was able to work in my life and started to shape and to mold me. And I think I've shared this part of the story before. It was on that trip that God confirmed his call on my life. And it was on that trip I met Jessica. And God was doing some incredible things in my life, but he had, I needed to surrender. I needed to give up who I thought I was. What's interesting is that I need to continually 
even today, be reminded to give up my rights. And for me, it doesn't happen naturally. Everything within me resists giving up these rights. Is that true for you too, perhaps? You know, we live in this culture that capitalizes on our rights. We have these inalienable rights that we talk about. We have the Bill of Rights. We have the constitutional rights. We have right to life, right to liberty, right to the pursuit of happiness. Free speech is our right. We have a right to a fair trial. The list could go on. I was talking with Pastor Mark about this, and he said, you know, America seems overly obsessed with our rights. And that might be true. It may be perhaps even more than other countries. We experience this because we think we deserve something. But why do we struggle so much? I think that no matter where we would live, it's that we are dealing with our human nature. Our sinful nature resists control, resists surrender to anything other than ourselves. And to give up what we perceive is ours, to give up what we think we own or we can manage or we can control or we can allocate, whether it's our time, whether it's our possessions, our, our money, our relationships, we can control these things, right? <laughs> Deep down, we are entitled to these things, aren't we? But I would question, as believers, I'm not sure we have any rights. Is there a difference between Christians and non-Christians in regards to this? With what we deserve or what we expect? I think we often struggle with this idea of giving up everything or surrendering because of fear. Lucinda, I loved your honesty in your email you sent back. You say, man, a lot of times it's just fear. You know, fear of the unknown or the uncertainty. Boy, if I give something up, am I going to get something back? Sometimes it's a lack of faith or just self, pride or ego. Many of us feel like we have to defend our right to fight back in hard times. You know, we got to stand strong. And, and when we take a good look at God's word, maybe that's not his plan. Well, what is God's plan for us in regards to our rights, to the things that we would hold dear? What is God's heart for us? I think the key that I want to drive home today is I believe God wants all of us, no matter who you are, to give these things up, the things that we would hold dear and true. And we're going to talk about why we want to do that. What does it mean? What do we need to do and why? And kind of what's the big picture for our lives? And again, it starts in Matthew chapter 16. You're still there. I want to read it again. It says, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. What we're talking about here this morning is how to be a Christ follower. How to be a believer. How to be a disciple that will be growing in our relationship with God. And it starts with surrender. I want you to turn, there's a, uh, three other passages that I want to look at real quick here. The first one is in Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14, if you uh, flip there with me, Jesus again is talking about the cost of what it will take to be a disciple. He said, and it says in verse 25, this is Luke 14, 25, it says, large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them, Jesus said, he's saying, look, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, hate his wife and children, hate his brothers and sisters, yes, even hate his own life, he cannot be my disciples. I'm thinking at this point, the people are questioning, okay, we've seen the miracles, we've seen these things, but what in the world is Jesus talking about? He says, anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me, cannot be my disciple. Then he says, suppose one of you would build a tower. 
Will he first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? For if he lays the foundation and is not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule him, saying, this fellow began to build and was not able to finish. He's saying you need to count the cost before you give your heart to the Lord. You need to understand what that means to be a disciple. He continues, he says, suppose a king is, is about to go to war against another king. Will he not first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation well, uh, while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. Again, you're not going to go into war without knowing what the cost is or what you're up against. You know, it's important for us to realize as Christ followers, what have we got ourselves into? And in verse 33, you may want to circle this. It says, in the same way, any of you who does not give up everything, he cannot be my disciple. To give up everything. Turn with me to John chapter 13. A great story, Jesus is leading by example. He's showing his disciples how to lead well, and he does it by taking off his cloak and washing his disciples' feet. This was a job that was intended for the lowest of the low, for the servants of the house, not the King of kings and the Lord of lords, not Jesus, not a great teacher, but Jesus was redefining what it meant to follow him. And it, it says in uh, verse 12, John 13, verse 12, it says, When he finished washing their feet, he put his clothes back on and returned to his place. And he's saying to his disciples, I want you to hear this. He says, Do you understand what I have done for you? He says, You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. They've got to be confused. They're saying, well, this does not make sense. But in verse 15, it says, I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than his master, nor is the messenger greater than the one who has sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Jesus set the example by going the extra mile by doing something that, that no other leader in their right mind would have done. And in verse 17 says, you'll be blessed. But Jesus gave it up. He gave up his right. He humbled himself, washed his disciples' feet as a sign. One more place I'd like you to turn with me is Mark chapter 10. And then we'll look at this fully, bringing these together. Mark chapter 10, verse 17 the story of the rich young man. It says, as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his feet before him and said, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What do I have to do to be a disciple? And then Jesus said, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandment, do not murder, do not adult, uh, commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, do not defraud honor your father and mother. He's reciting the Old Testament uh, Ten Commandments. In verse 20, he says, Teacher, this guy comes, he says, All these things I have kept since I was a boy. And Jesus looked at him. And look what Jesus is requiring of this man. And I believe that he requires of each of us. He says, One thing you lack. Go sell everything you have and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven then come follow me. Verse 22 says, At this the man fell face down. He went away sad because he had great wealth. In each of these cases, in John chapter 13, Jesus gave up everything to wash his disciples' feet. In Luke 14, it said to give up everything. Matthew 16, pick up your cross, deny yourself. And then in Mark, Mark 10, Sell everything. Give everything. There's a common theme. To give it all up. When we read this, our reaction can be kind of confusing. 
What is this, some kind of cult that we're supposed to give up, sell everything, go cut our hair, or maybe grow our hair long, and put on some kind of skirt? Is this, are we brainwashing each other here? What is God's heart in this idea that we are to give up our rights? Is it some sort of military tactic, some, some sort of manipulation? What's interesting, it's our sin nature that would even question those and, and kind of come up with some of those thoughts. The reason we think that way is because we think we're entitled to our own stuff, our own time, our own pride. We have the right to judge one another, to be able to look and say, okay, well, they're, they're okay, they're not okay. We have the right to treat others well or to be treated some of you that, that some of us that we can we can feel like we have a right to be mad or to be angry or to to get caught up in different things. We have the right to to hold a grudge. And basically, we're saying, look, we have the right to live the way that we would want to live. But this is not what God's word is saying. According to God's word, we are not our own. Once we commit our lives to Christ. And as I study this and as I look at this, what's interesting to me is that the only right we have in this life, I believe, is our free will, the right to choose to be a disciple, to be a Christ follower. Now before Christ, I would argue that, that we would have the right, we'd have the free will to live however we want, according to the flesh. Now of course we still have to live within the governmental laws and things like that, but we can, we can gratify our sinful nature before we're believers. We can be in control. We're the one driving the boat, so to speak. It's about us personally. It's my choice, my action, my stuff my time, and that can be appealing for a season, can it? That we would be in control, that we would have that kind of power. But when we stop and we think about why we were created, why each of you were created, we need to remember that sin is fun for a season, but in the end, we were created to worship God. We were not created for our own pleasure. We were created to worship the Lord. But in that, it's our choice. We have the right to choose whether we will serve God or not. Now, for those of us that have chosen to serve the God that created everything, our Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, at that point, according to Scripture, according to God's Word, is we give up our rights. We often resist this surrender because we don't understand God's nature and what God has for us fully. As I was talking about this with Pastor Mark throughout the week, and it's just trying to get my hands around this idea of giving up our rights, he, Pastor Mark had a great little phrase. He said, you know, when you think about God and his nature, he said, God is a benevolent dictator. He's a benevolent dictator. He tells us what to do. He wants us to live according to his word, right? He gives us the rule book to follow. But he is a benevolent dictator. He has our best interests in mind. His gifts and his, his, um, his blessings are for us to understand and to live within those bounds. Jim Helmke said this is a great verse to understand how God works, Matthew 16 and these others. Uh, Jim said, if we want to have everything this life has to offer, we need to live for or focus on eternal life in heaven. He, Jim continued, he said, if we do that, we get abundant life in both. Isn't that great? If we serve God and we have his best interest, we give up our rights, we'll have abundance in both. But he says, man, if we live for this life, we lose out in both. We lose out here on this side of eternity, and we lose out 
for eternity. That's, Jim, I love that. That was great insight. The reason we can give up our rights, we can sacrifice our will, is because of the nature of God. After the story of the rich young ruler in Mark chapter 10, it goes on to talk about how hard it is for a rich person to enter into the kingdom of heaven. It's interesting. But then Peter says in verse 28, if you want to turn back there, Mark chapter 10, verse 28, Peter said uh, to, to Jesus, he says, we have left everything to follow you. He's saying, God, we've done what you're asking. We've given up everything. And Peter's saying, man, what, what's in store for us at this point? And then it says, I tell you the truth, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mothers or fathers or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. See, what God is saying, look, if you give it all, if you give up your rights, if you surrender your life, you will receive the promises there 100 times as much in this present age. Now what he's talking about is homes and brothers and sisters, mothers, and even fields. He's talking about the stuff we own. He's talking about our relationships. We are going to be better off if we surrender to the Lord. Not only in this age, but in the age to come for eternal life. In verse 31 it says, But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. What's interesting is that God says, Look, there's going to be protection and peace and prosperity. I'm going to give you purpose as you surrender your heart. God, when we come to Him, and we submit ourselves, and we say, God, it's not about us anymore. If we truly belong to God, then we do not have any rights. We don't have rights to our things, to our cars, our houses, our, our, uh, our toys. We don't have rights to our bank accounts to our retirement accounts. We don't have rights for our time. We don't have rights to judge or to be judgmental. We don't have the right to hold a grudge and not to forgive. We don't have the right to be angry or to be full of rage. You know, the Bible says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. It says, I, it, it is mine to avenge. I will repay. That's not... Ben Vey or, or any, any of us, that's God. That's his right to do that. Eric DeCenzo this week was sharing a story with me about something that happened at his work. And uh, I saw Nicole, there's Nicole. Is Eric not feeling well today? Or He's at work again today. Well, he was dealing with something at work where there was some rejection and some persecution and, and something that had happened and I don't understand the full story. But he says that, that at, at a point, there was something that had happened that he was blamed for, that he felt like he was innocent. And because he was blamed for it, some of his coworkers stopped talking to him. He says his, uh, his consumers started acting angry with him, at which they feed off the environment. He works at a, um, at a mental health uh, um, institution uh, where people are institutionalized. And uh, he says, and it was just, uh, and I was just having a difficult time all around, he says. And listen to what happened. He says, as I prepared a defense, as I was preparing, preparing a defense, God's Holy Spirit prompted me to let this person, be, that, uh, to let God be the defender of his rights. And that if I attempted to do so, there would be no room for God. Wow. He says, I left it alone, and, and like a light switch, attitudes were adjusted. I love that. He says, who knows why? Well, he says, God. He says, the only reason it's that way, this is Eric's uh, thoughts, he says, was because I was reminded that my rights in this situation 
were not violated. My name was not violated, but rather God's chosen vessel was violated. That God was the one. And so it was His name and His rights. What a great perspective that as believers that we are God's. As we give up our rights, we are a representative of our Heavenly Father. And what that means is that, that when someone persecutes us or rejects us, it's not about us. They're doing that as to the Lord. The bottom line is as we think about this, is that God, He desires everything from us. If we belong to Jesus, we have no rights. It's as if we are joining the military. And when you join the military, you join on their terms. As we join the, the ranks of our Father in heaven, as we give up, as we become a believer, we sign up to follow God's law. We cannot come to the Lord on our own terms. It's important for us to realize that we give up our rights. But what's so awesome is that no matter what we could give up on, our, on the practical side, we gain so much more when we come to our Father. It doesn't matter how much we sacrifice, how much we're persecuted, how much we're rejected, we gain more. So have you given up your rights to the Lord? Have you held on to areas that you feel entitled to? Maybe you've given up parts of yourself to the Lord, but not fully to God. Have you resisted areas of surrender in your life? Have you held on to things that you feel you're entitled to? Kim Gaskin I hope you, it's okay with me sharing this. I didn't get a chance to ask you. But Kim said in a, a moment of honesty in an email, she says, you know, she says, I am a living example of what not to do. <laughs> How many appreciate that honesty? Yeah? She says, I've tried to control my life and ended up crashing and burning every time. She says, my life is a car and I've been in the driver's seat for so long, for as long as I can remember. It wasn't until recently when I gave up control of the wheel and jumped into the passenger seat. God is in the driver's seat now. It, praise God. Isn't that awesome? He says, I consult him about everything. I gave up the right to do as I please and gain the guidance of God. There's a peace I have never known before because I let God go of me and what I think I want. I love that. A living example of what not to do. But you know, I would say, Kim, that in this moment, because you've surrendered your life fully to the Lord at this point, you're a perfect example for any of us. Because we're all fallen. We are all on our own path. We all, if, we're not, if, we, don't, uh, if we don't keep ourselves in check, we are all on the wrong path if we don't daily give up our rights and follow the Lord, pick up our cross and follow Him. We have to remember that when we submit, we do not lose. God's Word says that all of His promises are for us to enjoy. His promises are yes and amen. Maybe you've resisted for a lack of faith or a lack of, of, um, of or maybe an overabundance of pride. Or maybe you've enjoyed controlling things. Or maybe you just don't want to bother Jesus with your problems saying, well, I could just handle this on my own. Or maybe it's fear. Maybe it's those things that, that will creep up inside of us. Well, no matter what the, the case would be that would keep us from surrendering to giving God every part of us, we have to remember God's character. God's character is perfect. He's good. He loves us. We have to let God control. Let God be the one steering our lives. And I want to challenge each and every one of us this morning to try it. Think about the area that you most resist giving up in your, in your life. And for a day or for a week, 
Give God those areas of your life. Let God defend you in your trouble. Turn to God's word. Trust his promises. And I believe God will begin to show you, like he showed Kim, that boy, it was a disaster before. But look, it may not be perfect now, but boy, as I surrender, God has my best interest in mind. Give God even the hardest areas to surrender. As I think about that personally, I, I think about some of, the, some of the control that I like to, to have over my life or the control I like to have over circumstances. And, and I, I can get caught up in, in trying to, uh, to have a hand in, in everything. And many times I'll try to do things on my own and, uh, and I'll end up failing because I've not allowed God to take those things and let him control. And I don't know where you are this morning, but I think all of us, as we consider being a true disciple, we need to fully commit daily. We need to be all in to what God has for us. So what does that require? I believe it requires just two things. The first thing is that we need to live according to God's word. God has given us a rule book and, uh, to follow. And so when it talks about uh, uh, money in the Bible, we need to look at those things. And how do we measure up? When it talks about using our time or, or spending our time, how are we doing? Are we consumed with ourselves? Are we consumed with the things that we want? Or are we concerned about what God would want us to do with our time? I love the example uh, that, that God's word says to work is unto the Lord. And how are you doing at work? Have you given up your rights at work? Are you working as unto the Lord? My dad's here and he worked for Ford Motor Company for 30 years. And I can't remember how many times you'd say, man, you would get ridiculed and rejected and, uh, and, and guys would say, Dan, stop working so hard. We need the... the uh, overtime on Saturday, right? But my dad would say, hey, we are working, I work as unto the Lord. I'm not going to just sit around. And, and I appreciated that about my dad. But we give up our rights in those moments. Yeah, it may not be the most, uh, the, the most fun, but I'll tell you, as we do that, as we commit to living according to God's word, God will help us. We live according to God's word in our relationships it means we've got to love one another. We need to learn to forgive one another, to be patient with one another. And we need to bless one another, even blessing those that we don't like. Bless those that we would have a hard time getting along with. We need to pray for them. We need to do these things. We don't, we, we don't, uh, we don't have the right to judge we don't have the right to hold on to our own pride. If we were going to follow God's word, we're following a standard that God has set for us, a standard of perfection. Now, will we obtain that in every area? No. But our desire is to honor God's word in our families as we raise our kids, as we go along the day in our speech and in our action, that God, that we would live according to his word. That's the first thing that God would require of us. The second is if we belong to Christ and we understand that we are not our own, I believe there's a second component that's really important that I want to challenge us with. If we really are giving up our rights in, in surrendering our lives, we must understand our responsibility to share our faith with others. Now, I understand that in this culture, many times, yeah, we live in a free country, but with sharing or with uh, sharing God's standard or God's law with others, many times we can be persecuted, we can be looked uh, bad, we can look, look bad in, in circumstances, we can be uh, discriminated against. There's lots of different things that can happen if we take a stand for the Lord. 
But we've got to remember that when we are persecuted, when we are violated, when we're mistreated, when we are rejected in those circumstances, it's not us that they're rejecting. They're rejecting God. They're violating God. They're mistreating God's chosen vessel. And so we can take a stand and we can share our faith with authority, knowing that that's what God's heart is, that no one would be lost. And this morning, I want to challenge us as a group of believers that in this membership commitment, that we would understand that we, as a body, need to give up our rights. Give up our rights. But man, we gain more than we could ever give up. And God, that is God's heart. He wants to pour blessings into our hearts as we serve Him. Why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes this morning? This morning, if you found yourself here at the Gateway Church, and you do not have a relationship with the Lord, I want you to understand that committing your heart to the Lord, there is a cost, there is a commitment. And maybe you, this is the first time you've heard that. Maybe you've heard of other salvation calls and you're saying, and, and you didn't realize the commitment that came with serving the Lord to deny ourselves, to pick up our cross, to follow Jesus' example of washing others' feet and even denying himself to the point of dying on a cross for us. If you're here this morning and you do not have a relationship with Jesus and you're saying, Pastor, I'd, I'd like to commit my heart to the Lord. I'd like to say yes to Jesus. I want you just to slip up your hand right where you are. Who here this morning would say, that's me. I do not have a relationship with Jesus. I need to get my heart right with God. Look on my right, your left, in this section. And you want it all. In the, how about in the center section? Slip up your hand if that's you. On my left, your right, in this section over here. Anyone here saying, Pastor, that's me. I don't have a relationship with the Lord. As far as I could tell, no one slipped up their hand. I want your eyes on me just for a second here. If that's the case, we've given our hearts to God. Do you understand what God is requiring of us to live out his word, to deny ourselves, to pick up our cross, to give up our rights? And I'd like to challenge each of us, how are we doing in this? How are we doing this summer now that we're off school and we have lots of time on our hands, students? How am I doing at work and the way I manage my business? Or, or the, how am I doing in my relationships? Am I holding on to, to me, to myself, to what I desire? Have I given up everything to the Lord? See, I think as we would take a good look on the inside, I believe many of us would find that, that there are areas in our lives that we kind of hold on to, that we grasp. And what God wants us to do is to release those things to Him. It could be with our stuff. It can be with our time, money, relationships. It could be even with our emotions and, and just letting go. Who this morning would say, Pastor, there are areas that I need to release to the Lord in my life to give everything to, to the Father? Anyone just slip up your hand, respond in that way? Sure, absolutely. Yep, yeah, yeah, me too. Several people being honest in this moment saying, man, I don't want it to be about me. Anyone else in this moment say, man, there's areas that I've held on to. My pride, my ego. Yeah. All right. Sure. Thanks. We're going to pray in just a moment. I think for all of us, 
there's that component that we need to continually die to ourselves. As much as I resist that, as much as I resisted that when I was a teenager on that first missions trip, and I hated hearing, deny yourself, deny yourself, pick up your cross. It's not about you. If the same thing is true today. It's not about us. It's not about Ben Vey. It's not about any of us. It's about our Father surrendering everything to Him. And with that, there's a component of sharing our faith that kind of takes the pressure off. And I just want to encourage you this season, this week, even today, wherever your feet would take you, be willing to share what God has given you. And I just believe that as the Holy Spirit would, would give us those opportunities, God is going to help us to lead others to find a relationship with Him. And I know that's God's heart. God's heart is that there would be no one that would perish. Let's stand together and let's pray. Father, we commit our hearts to you and our lives to you. Lord, I pray that you would challenge us to live according to your scripture in every area of our lives. And Lord, we understand that there, as, as we continue on this journey, there is further revelation, further understanding that comes. And Lord, this morning, as you've revealed yourself to the hearts of your people, I pray, Lord, that you would just prick their hearts, God, to give up every area, to release to you, God, to allow you to be in control of our lives. Thank you for the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives that does shape us and does mold us into who you want us to be. And God, help us to remember that when we give up our rights, there's protection and there's provision and there's, there's purpose that comes into our lives. God, we could never give more than we will receive from you. And so God, we lay our hearts at your feet and we ask that you continue to shape us and mold us for your glory. And God, I pray for those that were honest in this moment, that raised their hands, saying, man, there's areas I've held on to, whether it's my right to, to hold a grudge or revenge or anger or any other area. God, I pray that you would come down to help us to see things the way you would see things. Help us as we go. And Father, I pray that you go before us, behind us, and all around us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you need prayer for anything this morning, we'd love for you to come forward. We can anoint you with oil. But uh, otherwise, we would just wish a wonderful rest of the 4th of July weekend. Go in the grace of God. And uh, thank you for being with us this morning. God bless you as you go. You said, pray I'm not here from heaven, and I'll heal your
Come. 